0: Good evening, good evening. Let's do two or three Bible readings to get us started and then we'll have our prayer. We're going to be focusing in on the baptism of Jesus. So start with me, if you will, in Matthew 3. Matthew chapter 3. It's good to be out this evening together. It's good to be here safe and sound. We'll have a few Bible readings to begin with. Matthew 3, beginning in verse 13. Matthew 3, beginning in verse 13. And then we'll go to Mark and Luke as well. Matthew 3, 13. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan, to John, to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is filling to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest upon him. And behold, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Now let's jump over to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. Read verses 9 through 11. 9 through 11. Mark 1, verse 9, In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens open, opening and the Spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice from heaven saying, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. And then before our prayer, let's read Luke uh, 3. Luke 3, 21 and 22. Luke, Luke 3, 21 and 22. And when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, The heavens were opened and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. Let's bow together. Gracious Father in heaven, we're grateful for these words, inspired by your mighty mind in hand we understand Lord how what a privilege and honor it is to be involved in the study of your word we're thankful for the life of our Lord and of our Savior we pray Father that this study this evening will have an impact upon our hearts and lives look down upon us Father in your tender mercy Thank you so much for the gift of your Son. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's begin with just a few introductory thoughts. We're focusing on Matthew 3 and Luke 3 and Mark 1, and eventually also in John 1. But let's think about some introductory thoughts concerning the baptism of Jesus, and then eventually we'll ask, Why was he baptized? Why was he baptized? Let's notice first that this is John and Jesus together in public. And if I'm not mistaken, I think this is the only time that John and Jesus, as adults at least, appear in public together. It seems to be the only recorded incident of them being uh, together. That's of some interest to us, surely. They were together in prophecy. Let's look at that right quick. Run back with me to Isaiah chapter 40 and notice how Jesus and John are together in prophecy. Isaiah 40, Isaiah 40 verse 3. Notice prophecy of John saying a voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And then just a page over in your Bible, Isaiah 42, maybe a couple pages, Isaiah 42 verses 1 and 2. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him, and he will bring forth justice to the nations. Okay. So notice that's a prophecy of Jesus there in Isaiah 42, 1 and 2. There are many prophecies of Jesus in Isaiah. But then close by is a prophecy of John. Check this out in in Malachi. Run to Malachi uh, 3 to see them both together in in prophecy. Malachi 3 and verse 1. Malachi 3 and verse 1 Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. That's John, John the Baptist. (coughs) But keep reading right there. Malachi 3 verse 1. And the Lord whom ye seek. Will suddenly come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant. In whom you delight. Behold he is coming. Says the Lord. So John is the messenger. And Jesus is the messenger of the covenant. Together right there in Malachi 3. So When we come to the baptism of Jesus, you've got John and Jesus together in public. And they're also together in prophecy. Let me ask you this. Do you think growing up that John and Jesus spent time together? They were of the same family, weren't they? Or at least cousins, relatives? First cousins. First cousins. Do you think they spent time together growing up as boys? Yes. Okay, Sam's saying that since Mary and Elizabeth, Elizabeth being the mother of John, were close, how do you know they're close? So Mary went to see Elizabeth. Right, Luke 1, Luke chapter 1 and 39, you see that right after Mary had received this news from Gabriel, the first thing she does is go to Elizabeth to share the news. And Elizabeth's already expecting John, I think about six months along, and the babe leaped in her womb. And, and um, Elizabeth even said, how is it that the mother of my Lord has come to see me? It seems that Elizabeth already knew that Mary was going to be the mother of the Lord. And so if she went to share that news and to commune together about that, you would think that as the boys grew up, that they would visit with one another, at least see each other a time or two. Just and the other John was also his cousin. Yes. i sure they are. Yeah. The other, John, the other John grew up as a fisherman. Okay, So that's just interesting to think about. I wonder if Mary was one of these bumper sticker moms. She would have the greatest bumper sticker of all, wouldn't she? Can you imagine the conversation between Mary and Elizabeth? How's your boys doing? Surely Mary wouldn't say, well, mine's perfect. But anyway. So we see here, just as an introductory thought here, that um, John and Jesus together in public. But also notice here, especially from Matthew 3, that John is declaring the sinlessness of Jesus what do we read in Matthew 3 here at the baptism of Jesus that tells us that John knows that Jesus is sinless exactly right Sam Matthew 3 and 14 why why do you come to be baptized to me I need you I need you I'm the sinner here I'm the sinner here why are you coming to me John is perplexed about this. In fact, he, he doesn't really want to do this. He, he doesn't understand this. It doesn't make sense uh, to him. It seems it needs to be the other way around. Jesus said, you need to allow this right now. As if to say, uh, you will understand this uh, by and by. Okay. But John is declaring the sinlessness of Jesus, which is everywhere taught. Uh, in Scripture. Uh, we can just remind ourselves of a couple places. You know Paul in 2 Corinthians 5, 20 and 21 says, "He who knew no sin became sin in our behalf. One of the great sinlessness passages is Hebrews seven verse uh, 26, where it's declared about Jesus. I'd like to read that one. We won't read all of them, of course. But um, Speaking of Jesus in Hebrews uh, 7, uh, 26, For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest who is holy, innocent, unstained, and separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. Jesus towered above everyone else everyone else because he was sinless sinless so John's reaction tells us that Jesus is indeed sinless it also tells us that John knows some things about Jesus that he's very very exceptional Uh, John will declare uh, even prior to Jesus' baptism that this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world Okay. And we know that the Lamb of God would need to be unblemished. right? Unblemished. So, he's declaring the sinlessness. Now, right there in Matthew 3, there's another group of people who come to John to be baptized. And John's reaction to them coming there in Matthew 3, verse 7, is it, what is it, the Pharisees coming? Okay. Yeah. So, look at John's reaction to that. Okay, he didn't want to baptize Jesus, but he don't want to baptize these groups, this group of men uh, either, but for a totally different reason. Why doesn't he want to baptize the Pharisees and Sadducees? Okay. Who has warned you to flee from the wrath to come? And think not to say within yourselves, we have Abraham to our father. See that in Matthew 3, 7, 8. So they're coming to, to John to be baptized. It's not from, from the proper mindset. Okay. They, they don't really feel that they need the Savior. They don't, they're not seeing their sins. John is baptizing for, for sin, for remission of sins. People are coming to John and confessing their sins. The Pharisees are coming for some other reason. You know, they, were, they were coming just because the people regarded John as a prophet. And so we better go pay some attention to John. Maybe we need to go be baptized to him. But, but they weren't coming for the proper reason. So John didn't want to baptize them. Okay. So he didn't want to baptize Jesus for, the, for another reason. They certainly didn't want to baptize these Pharisees. Said, have you ever refused to baptize somebody? Well, if you work at it very long, you will and you will do that. You will do that. And I'm gonna tell you something. Whoever's wanting you to baptize them is not gonna be happy with you if you refuse. I remember one year at Bible camp, someone asked me, Will you go down to the creek? We have a creek behind the Bible camp area where we baptize. And when you go down there and there's a young lady, a young girl down there wanting to be baptized, her family's there. So I walked down there and her family is there, and and there's little girls running around playing tag, and and I said, Well, who is it that's wanting to be baptized? Well, one of these little nine year olds here is playing tag. So I sat down with the mom and dad, I said, you know. I really don't want to baptize her. She, she does she's not ready. She's just, she's just a kid, and she wants just to do right. So we sat down and had a talk. We did not baptize that young girl at night. No way no way. Okay. And they understood, they understood. So it requires the right mindset and right understanding to be baptized, uh, even today. Alright, so we see that John declares the sinlessness of Jesus, but also we see here, well let me just ask you this, before we go any further, does this seem strange for Jesus to be coming to John? Would it seem strange to those, you know, all of Judea and Jerusalem's coming out to be baptized with John? John? Would it seem strange that Jesus, does it seem strange to you that Jesus would come to be baptized in him? Yes, um, so John sort, sort of thinks it's strange. So if John thought it was strange, surely other people would have thought it strange as well. So if Jesus is headed toward the baptism of John, and others did not know him, they they would assume that he was a sinner. (laughs) Just, Just like every other carpenter's son. Would you think that this is poor strategy on the part of Jesus and the Lord to start out, starting his ministry in the front of all these people Gonna start your ministry, what you gonna do? This is this is the start of this public ministry. What are you gonna do? You're gonna go as if you're gonna be baptized for forgiveness of sins. Does this seem strange? Does it seem like poor strategy strategy to start here? Or do what? Mm-hmm. Right. So this would probably, are you saying Matt? Probably this would be misunderstood no matter when he would come into it. Yeah. yeah. He was setting an example. Someone have a comment over this one.
1: So he had to do it at this time. Because you see how he was followed during his ministry. If he had tried to do it after everyone knew who he was, they would have swarmed John, you know. Assuming he had been around them. And then you would have had thousands of people coming to do the same thing, but for what reason? Right?
0: Because Jesus was doing it. Had-
1: yeah, because they would have been imitated. see how he was followed during his
0: ministry. Right. To to get so do it now before he begins his works and his, and his popularity grows. Right. Okay, I see what you're saying. I wouldn't question God's time. Do what? I wouldn't question God's time. No, we don't want to question God's time. You know, I'm trying to get us to see would, got to own what you sell that's
1: interesting I'd be interested to say if you think about what's going on there um, you got a lot of folks there a lot of witnesses some of those witnesses are Sadducees and Pharisees and at the point of Jesus baptism
0: Well, I guess from the standpoint of Jesus being sinless, and John's main preoccupation was a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, then does it seem strange that Jesus would start here? You know, we're not trying to question God's will or timing, but wonder what people would think uh, about Jesus starting here. But nonetheless, whatever God does, He's often misunderstood, and that's, that's just the nature of truth. is It's going to be misunderstood.
1: John was baptizing for repentance, but He was also telling people He was preparing the way for the one to come. At that point, everybody should have realized He's here. Shortly
0: after this, did John not tell everybody, "Not me, Him. Follow Him, not me." Sure. And sure. So, In fact, He had already started saying, "I'm not the one." And that Jesus is the Lamb.
1: But at that point should everyone not have kind of went, Hey, this is the guy.
0: They should have.
2: Yeah. Well, right. he, he was baptized because everybody else was doing the will of God. He wanted to be shown to be doing the will of God. And because that baptism of John was of God, he did it. And he could ask that question. What was it of God? All
0: right. Good point. Good point. Well, let's, let's move on now and get to this question. Why was uh, Jesus baptized? And, and number one, we say, of course, that uh, this was to identify Jesus as the Son of God. There's no doubt about that. And let's turn over to John now, John 1, and read together. And we'll, John 1 adds to uh, some of the ideas we have already, already come into our minds. John 1, beginning in verse 29. Let's read, read this and then read down a little bit. John 1. Twenty-nine. The next day, this is talking about John the Baptist. Uh, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This little statement connects Jesus to the Old Testament Passover um, feast, which was a prediction of Jesus. So connection to uh, the Old Testament it also shows that Jesus would, would die for our sins, he would take away the sins of the world. He would be that that price for sin. And then that the ministry of Jesus and the blessings of Jesus would be open to everybody, potentially in the world. So verse 30, John 130, this is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. Now this is this is John talking about Jesus. He was before me, even though John was born before Jesus in the flesh, still he knows that Jesus was before him, that he knew that, that Jesus had a, an abiding existence. He had always existed. And you read there in John 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word Was God. And in John 1.14. This word became flesh. John the baptizer was aware of this. Okay. So John 1.30. Now look at John 1.31. I myself, John says, did not know him. But for this purpose I came baptizing with water. That he might be revealed to Israel. So why would John say I did not know him? What John is saying there is I did not know him completely, absolutely. I knew a lot about him. I knew that he was sinless. I know he's the Lamb of God. So he knew quite a bit about him. But until this event of the baptism, John is not going to be totally clear on the identity of Jesus the Messiah. So he says that, verse 31. And then verse 32, John 1, John bore witness... I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and I have borne witness that this is the Son of God." So John makes it clear that one big reason why this is happening is to show without doubt that Jesus is the Son of God. And John had to work through this, but he had been told by God that he whom you see the Spirit descend upon and remain, that's the one. That's the one. So this is what John says. Now, John. says that the one of our passages didn't it Luke 3 says that he descended in bodily form so what do you guys think Uh, did only John and Jesus seeing this or if anybody else was standing around did they see this as well it's something visible descended in bodily form Luke 3 21 22 descended in bodily form like a dove it seems like it was seen it was seen was the voice of
1: God
0: that's another good question was the voice so this this revelation of who Jesus is here comes in two big ways visible and audible visible like a dove this is not saying the Holy Spirit is a dove but the The physical appearance on that day was like a dove. Like a dove. I wonder what that's supposed to say to us in regard to Jesus—that that that a dove would be chosen. What do you think of when you think of a dove? Noah. Think of Noah. Peace. 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 Delicate. A soft landing. If you think about it, that's what Jesus was all about. He, you know, he told Pilate, he said, uh, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight. Jesus wasn't coming as a violent person. He wasn't coming a, as a warrior leader in a physical sense. He was coming, he was coming to make changes, but it would be like, more like a dove, not like a military uh, leader. I think I think that's the teaching here. You know, uh, Paul even says in Second Corinthians 10 that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, not carnal, but it's rather a working of the gospel on the mind of folks. Okay. So I, I do think that's kind of the ideal here: is peace, gentleness, uh, delicate. Okay. Now it's not that Jesus wasn't bold; he was bold, but it would be a different sort of king uh, ruling. All right. So visible, visible, but also audible. And the father breaks through, breaks into time here from, from the clouds and says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well uh, pleased. We just read from Isaiah uh, 42 where... <laughs> The Father is calling Jesus my chosen one, the chosen one, in whom I delight, in whom I delight. So this is the, the son of his love. This is, this is my beloved uh, son. We need to do more studying on the, the Godhood, the, the three persons and the relationship that exists between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The oneness that they have and the love that they show not only to the world, but for each other. And then we would learn to love each other even better. Grant saying that perhaps um, the, the voice from heaven gives it away, that all the people heard this because it says, hear ye him, hear ye him. Okay. All right. So very good. So you have, uh, first reason here is that to show without doubt that Jesus is indeed to be identified and be known as the, the Son of God. Now, a second big reason for Jesus to be baptized is to show the example of obedience, like you guys have already mentioned a couple of times. Because uh, Jesus said to John, uh, let me do this. This is going to fulfill all righteousness. Righteousness. So Jesus was very uh, steady and uh, perfect in keeping the commands of God. One passage from the Old Testament, I've always had this written down in the margin of my Bible, next to Matthew 3, is a little verse from Psalm 119. And how many verses does Psalm 119 have? Who remembers? More than 100. It's 176 verses. So, Psalm one nineteen one seventy two 172 says, All of God's commandments are righteous. God's commandments are righteousness. Righteousness. And so when Jesus said, I've come to fulfill all righteousness, that means one thing, it means that he's going to be keeping all of God's command and he'll be keeping them in the most perfect fashion. Jesus is going to show the world how to be totally dedicated to the Father's will. We remember from Philippians 2, we love to read Philippians 2, 6 through uh, 8, but we remember uh, Paul saying, Jesus became obedient unto death, right? Even the death of the cross. So he shows us how to obey. Now, one prophecy that you might just want to mark in your Bible uh, without us just, reading it but Hebrews 105 through7 is a quotation from Psalm 40 Psalm 40, this time Psalm 40 verses 6 through 8. but it talks about Jesus coming in bodily form and doing the will of the Father. What I want to do right quick is to notice from Psalm 40, Let's see. Verses 6 through 8, Psalm 40, Psalm number 46 through 8. Verse 8 especially, Psalm 40, verse 8. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. And that's a prophecy of Jesus coming to, to live On this earth, I delight to do Your will, my God. Your laws are within my heart. There's a little bit of difference between following God and doing it begrudgingly, doing it because you have to. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus came and He delighted to do the will of the Father. It's a great challenge to us. Okay, do I do I come? Do I do I study? Do I serve? Do I do what I do as a Christian because I have to? And all the while, am I begrudging it? Or is it the highlight of my life? Is it my delight? Psalm 1 says, In his word do I meditate all the day and night because it's my delight. It's my delight. Paul teaches us to give in 2 Corinthians 9. Not grudgingly or of what? Necessity. Necessity. God loves a cheerful uh, giver. Okay. But Jesus come and he obeyed. He obeyed. He did, he did everything just right. He was going to fulfill all righteousness without a doubt. Okay. Alright, 736. We'll, we need to move on. I would love to talk more about about that example that Jesus left. But a third big reason why Jesus was baptized was to give us a preview of things to come. Preview of things to come. Let me ask you this. Did God know before he created the world that Jesus would have to die? How early in life did Jesus know that he was the Son of God? Before he came to earth. But you mean growing up on the earth. Growing up. When he was here, how early did he know that he was uniquely the Son of God? At least by age 12. At least by age 12. What makes you say that? Right. He said to his parents, Do you not know I must be about my father's business? So, age 12. Now, about how old is Jesus here as he comes to this baptism? Did you get that out? About 30. About 30. About 30. So, surely Jesus knew as he came to this baptism that he had an appointment with the cross. No doubt about it. He knew where he was headed. I believe, and other writers have, have written on this a lot better than I would ever do, but there's, there's a, there's a sound, sound idea that Jesus was previewing what he would ultimately have to do and want to do for humanity, and that is to die. Death, burial, resurrection. Was John baptizing by immersion? Yes. So Jesus underwent a burial (coughs) when he was baptized and a resurrection. So he gives us a visual aid of what will eventually, ultimately happen. That he would die physically but be raised on the on the third day so these three big reasons Jesus wanted to be needed to be identified as the son of God he came to show the example of obedience and he also kind of gave a preview of things to come now if you ask someone asks you well, what are the similarities between Jesus baptism and, and our baptism today what would you say would be some similarities between his baptism and ours? Okay, both his and ours would be a burial immersion. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um. Right. So Jesus uh, was baptized on this occasion to obey God. So, would we so we obey God when we are, we're baptized today. Okay. What? Before witnesses. Before witnesses. Oh, he was baptized before other people, okay? And, and we, we confess our faith before others, okay? This was at the beginning. This thrust him into the beginning of his ministry. And so it is when an an alien sinner today is baptized, and that that begins his ministry. That begins her ministry. We're no longer servants of sin. We're now servants of righteousness. What happened to Jesus right after his baptism? Tempted. Okay. That is very similar because I believe Satan works hard he works hard on our little ones but he also works hard on our new little ones, new Christians newcomers to the faith Satan especially wants to come after them I believe that's why God gave the great commission as he did he said go, teach, baptize and then do what? teach 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 so Jesus was tempted and of course the great big difference between his baptism and ours is what he was sinless he was sinless but the purpose of our baptism is of course for the forgiveness of sins now our religious leaders get it wrong and you will hear someone say well when Jesus come to be baptized, he was already the son of God. It was just, his baptism was to show that he was already the son of God. So that's why you need to be baptized is to, not to become a child of God, but to show that you already are a child of God. You've already said your prayer. Now later on, you can be baptized to show that you're already a Christian. So when someone says that to you, what are you going to say? and say, where did I get that? I'm not saying that's right. I'm saying that if I know what
1: example, say. they're still baptized.
0: I'm saying. I know what you're
1: saying.
2: Well, the John's and the of Christ, for the same purpose. They're for the of Christ can sins other people did. We, we know in Acts 18 that uh, Apollos was preaching baptism of John and uh, uh, those people had not see the Holy Ghost because they were baptized correctly. Because John's baptism they were confessing their sins. When Christ's baptism came about you didn't confess sins anymore. You don't confess sins today when you're baptized. You confess that Christ is the Son of God. Mm-hmm. They had to be taught that. Right. So, so it's different but yet they
0: were both for the same
2: purpose. Both for
0: the same purpose. the same... same scripture that gives us this great event here, the baptism of Jesus, also tells us that for regular folks, that when we're baptized, we put on Christ. We're saved from our sins. We become children of God through that process. It's called the new birth. So we're, we're having to we undergo the new birth and we become a child of God. So we just, just have to stop and explain uh, the difference but it's a great it's a great opportunity uh, to, to talk about the baptism of Jesus and, and show the difference between his and what's required of sinners today why did he lead him into the wilderness? Yeah. he would let him there to be tempted yeah Well, everything. It was, to, it was to show the devil. It was just ultimately to show us. It was, to, it was just a part of that process to show that he is the Lamb of God overcomes sins of the world. So, yeah. And there's a lot more to be said about the Holy Spirit and Jesus. That, that in itself is a tremendous study. We might do that. One evening, but it's very interesting to notice the relationship of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Thank you all so much for uh, working through this and seeing some of these thoughts and and lessons uh, for us. We'll take about a four minute break.